hello and welcome to the PA system. This is the show for anyone who has struggled to live from a place of power, known they were meant for greater things, and wondered how they would ever get there. My name is Pamela Aubrey, and I'm talking with experts, leaders, and visionaries that have faced trauma and hardship head on and come out triumphant. So if you're trying to figure out what more you have to do to make it to the next level, this show is for you. to face a major health challenge and navigate it without all the tools you needed at your disposal mentally and emotionally? On this episode of the PA System, I'm talking with Dr. Erica Harris about her struggle with leukemia and how she has turned it into a platform for helping others overcome in the face of major health issues. So with that said, Dr. Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pamela. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Such a pleasure to have you. So before we kind of jump into the deep end, tell us a little bit about you and just what your life was like growing up and what led you to eventually become a chiropractor. Sure, I would love to share. So I grew up in the heart of Northern Ontario, pretty remote. We would always be out on the lake or in the trees, loved mm-hmm. being out in, in nature. Wow. I, grew up, I grew up skiing and loved skiing as well. And so that all of that activity and my love for the human body and wellness led me to pursue a degree way out on the west coast of Canada at the University of British Columbia in kinesiology in exercise mm-hmm. science. I wanted to learn more about human movement and I was fascinated by the powers of the human body. And that then led me to pursuing a degree in as a sports chiropractor and um, loved being able to inspire my community to live their best lives and live their mm-hmm. healthiest and most pain-free lives through the gift of chiropractic and what I offered um, as a sports chiropractor. Loved it, worked with a lot of professional teams, had my own very successful practice, um, founded, owned, operated, and even sold a thriving chiropractic practice. So it was all very, wow. very rewarding, yes. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think you know, you and I kind of share this love for health and wellness. And really though, even going beyond traditional health and wellness, of that holistic approach of you know how do we as humans make use of the full capacity of our own bodies right and and utilize those in ways that really keep us healthy and strong and keep our lives vital so i think your message is so important because more of us have realized in this last year really how important that is just caring for our minds and our bodies and i think self-care and being proactive in our own health and wellness. And, you know, this is, this is why my subsequent health journey that we'll talk all about was so hard for me at first, right? I had been the one to inspire my community to attain its best health status. And then at the young age of 35, I'm facing this super aggressive diagnosis of cancer. And so it was very humbling, right? Because I'm the one practicing what I preach in terms of living healthiest life and and living best health measures, right? By eating top of the line organic 
non-processed foods, by keeping fit and exercising and fueling my mind and fueling my body. And then I'm the one facing cancer. So it was really, really difficult at first to navigate around that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's the position that a lot of people find themselves in, right? And and certainly if you know they've tried to take care of themselves and then all of a sudden there's something that crops up, it's really a shock. And I think you know, people were shocked by some of the things that happened over the last year. You know, we were kind of confronted with, you know, these health threats. And all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, you know, where do we go from here? Like, how yeah. do we really start to navigate this? Yeah. And so, yeah, I love that, you know, you're, you're so open with your story about the struggle that you've gone through and what that's looked like for you. And I think it's so important for people to understand, hey, when you come into something like this, when when you have a health crisis in your life, you're not alone, number one, and to know that there's resources. So I, that's one of the things I want people to to be aware of. And I'd like for you to really speak to is, you know, if that has happened to you or someone that you know or love, where do you start to kind of get your bearings? Well, it's interesting because um, I, I was never alone on my journey, never physically alone. I was so fortunate. I would entertain over 60 hospital guests every single day. I was supported by friends and family, near and dear ones, complete strangers, literally from all corners of our great world. I was literally enveloped with so many forces of love and support on this journey. And yet, as I say that, I still felt so incredibly alone yeah. navigating all that I did. And um, and this is why I so passionately share my story because I always felt so alone unless I was really connecting with those who truly understood the depth of the hardship of mm -hmm. what I was navigating. And, um, and I went through a lot of awakenings on this journey, right? And um, despite all that time of being supported, feeling alone was really, really difficult to overcome. And this is exactly why I am here to pay forward all that I do and share my story and create a platform for others to share stories and you know, serve as this empowerment TEDx speaker, coach, and author to really help others cope more positively with stressors, to bounce back, and to live their most vibrant lives with the gift of today, no matter what we're going through, right? Because I know so many near and dear ones who would you know, give anything just to come back for one day, even one hour, one minute to see their loves or to hug their loved ones for one more time, no matter what they were going through, cancer, MS, you know, no matter what hardships they were going through, I know well how much they would give to come back for one day. And so this is always the message that I'm trying to others, trying to propel to others to like, no matter what we're going through, we get this moment, we get today, right? Mm -hmm. And so make it count, own every single second, like be proactive in your own success and in your own health and in your own happiness. And yeah, Absolutely. and so this is- That's what I really love about your message. I mean, you just bring this vibrance and this energy to, hey, even if you're going through a struggle, there's still hope, there's still a way through. And to know, like you were just saying, you don't have to do this by yourself, even though you're gonna have those moments where you feel alone. So what was one of the first things you did to help yourself out of that space of feeling alone? Gosh, I mean, um, so many emotional roller coasters on this journey and different pivots from, you know, from facing cancer, from facing a two month terminal prognosis, to facing a bone marrow transplant, to facing a double lung transplant, um, then another year in hospital facing a drug resistant viral strain that came into with these brand new lungs. And 
then six weeks after I was finally home, then divorce, right? So there were so many different phases all along. But I find these same tools, these re- tools of resilience and these tools, these happiness habits, right, mm-hmm. that we can all implement and we can all choose to implement will help no matter what we're navigating. If it's a health struggle, if it's a career loss, if it's divorce, right, these same right. tools can be applied. And so for me, a few things that I, I awakenings, I guess, for one, um, you know, I've always been this very positive, upbeat girl. It's just been my nature. Um, and then on this journey, when I was first shockingly diagnosed with leukemia after living, after seemingly being the health and wellness poster child, right? right. And still nursing my youngest son, being very happily married, right? Cancer was not on my agenda. And so when it first mm-hmm. struck, per se, this big fire breathing dragon of cancer, mm-hmm. when it first kind of crept in, gosh, I was almost like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, just a little blip on the path, right? So all those 60 visitors, I would invite them to come watch me on my exercise bike. And what can I get you from my water fountain? Like, what's your cocktail Mm -hmm. of choice? Ice or no ice, right? Mm -hmm. And I would um, just try to deny all those emotions that I was trying to hold within. And I didn't want to let them brim up to the surface because I felt that that wasn't being positive. And then Mm -hmm. I felt that that would hinder my success, if that makes sense. Sure. And then one day we had to hire this new nanny to take care of my babies. My babies were so tiny. I had two baby boys at the time. Mm-hmm. And she brought in my boys to come and see me in the hospital. And she was this complete stranger to me. And all of a sudden I was struck by this complete stranger having access to our family's most vulnerable and most intimate of moments. Right. Sure. And then she, I watched her take my babies home at the end of this visit. Mm-hmm. And I watched my little babies walk down the hall with her. And I watched from my penthouse view above, I could see her load in my kids into my van and drive away. Mm. And instantly I panicked. I was like, oh my gosh, is she gonna buckle their seatbelts properly? Is she gonna shoulder check as she drives home? Is she gonna speed? Like, does she realize what precious cargo she has has in that car? And I have been very lucky on this journey to not have a lot of physical pain, but I watched Mm. my vehicle drive away with my kids and that was, the utmost physical pain I could have ever imagined. Mm. And I turned around that window and I sunk to the floor. I just grabbed my knees in tight to my chest and I wept. And mm. I wept and I wept and I wept. And in today's society, everyone wants us to be upbeat. Everyone wants us to be positive, right? right? And that's when the, um, the the psychiatry team on the floor came in, right? Have you been having thoughts? And mm. you know, I really needed to advocate for myself that I just needed this space right. to grieve all the loss that cancer had come in to rip away. I had to miss my oldest, his fifth birthday party that I had planned for months. I had to miss, I abruptly had to halt nursing my youngest, right? So many things that cancer just came in and, 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 and stole right out from underneath me. The life as I once knew it was forever gone, never to return. And I needed to allow myself this safe space to feel it, to express those emotions, to experience uh, those emotions. I think that's such an important and to let to let that out. So, you know, when you say, how did I end up coping with this? It was really just to let down that wall and let down those guards and really be real mm-hmm. about those negative emotions. And only That's so powerful because I think there is sort of the stigma, like, like you were saying earlier, you know, we want to keep being positive and, and that's going to move us in the right direction and that's going to help us heal. And those things are true. But at the same time, we have to have some space to really deal with what's happening emotionally but- and mentally. And it was only really then that I think I truly began to heal. Because if you really think about it, like when we bury down those negative emotions, 
if we're not getting rid of them, if we're not experiencing exactly. them or letting them go, they're transforming within us. They're still within us. Like, yes. I don't know. And I like, I just believe that may perhaps they transform into mental illness, cancer, other health struggles, who knows, right? Who right. knows? But, but the ability to really feel those and let those go, it's so freeing. Yes. And I really think that I started to heal after that moment, after that profound that. awakening for me. And only then, once we're really real about those hardships, can we really um, be our most authentic, positive, mm -hmm. genuine self, right? Mm -hmm. Because because it doesn't happen if I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine. If I'm not recognizing this really big beast of cancer mm -hmm. that is ahead of me, right? Mm -hmm. That's not that's not that's not being realistic about it, right? And it's then, being honest with yourself, yeah, right? On yeah. one level that I'm really dealing with this and allowing that, allowing yeah. it, you know, to be processed because yeah. it's not like you just find out one day, okay, I'm sick with something, and then you're okay with it. And 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 having had a two month terminal prognosis, I was I didn't respond to even salvage chemotherapy. Um, I was given this two month terminal prognosis. I had just celebrated my 36th birthday. I've got two mm -hmm. babies in tow. Right. And I've got two months to live. They denied me all further medical treatments, all medical interventions wow. aside from palliative care. And where's yet this prognosis was reconfirmed by a leading leukemia institute. I live in Vancouver, Canada, um, but this was reconfirmed by a leading leukemia institute, even in Seattle, um, Washington. Mm. And like we went there with all of our eggs in one basket, right? Just to have any sign of hope. But mm. I left there and I fought, I fought to go home. If I had two months to live, I had a lot of living to do. And um, I changed my focus point. This is another one of the tools that I love to share. To share. I changed my focus point off this big beast of cancer, mm. right? That I couldn't control. I couldn't control what cancer did, but I could, could bring it back to the power of now and really control my surroundings in this environment. Right. And so how can I make this moment better and yeah. take control of that and be proactive in that? How can I fuel myself right now to make myself feel my best self? How can I take control of my happiness in this moment? Do I need to go outside and get some sunshine? Do I mm -hmm. need to um, call up a friend? Do I need to get some activity? What can I do right in this moment? So taking my focus off the cancer, mm. off the destination, I guess, of my survival or not, right? And back onto this very moment of how I can maximize this moment. And that's what I've been doing for nine and a half years or eight and a half years, almost nine years since I had this two month terminal prognosis. I'm incredibly blessed. Um, I attained a miraculous remission through being proactive. Wow. I decided to fuel my mind and fuel my mm -hmm. body in whatever ways I could, not even to get into remission, but just to prolong that two month prognosis Right. as long as I could. And then miraculously, I attained remission through that. I did green juicing. I had always eaten a very um, phenomenal diet. Uh, interestingly, on this journey, I was told that I had always eaten very vegetarian style, just because mm -hmm. that's what I re resonated with. Um, but I was told to eat a lot more animal protein when I had this two-month terminal prognosis. It was interesting. Um, it needed to swim, squawk, run, jump, fly with every single meal. And so I implemented that in 2012. Um, because this was uh, all the gurus all around the world, independent independent of speaking with one another. This is what they all said. And so I had nothing else to lose, right? At this point, right. I'd already done the vegetarian diet. And so sure. I was going to try anything at this point. So I did that. I learned, I adopted a practice of meditation and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I just adopted a really proactive role. And again, just taking off my focus from that point of cancer into the moment of now was so important. Okay, so being real, um, changing the focus point. Um, um, being of service, right? Mm -hmm. And of contribution. 
no matter what we're going through, we should always be of service and of contribution because it takes, again, our focus point off of ourselves and onto something bigger and bolder and outside of us, if that makes yeah. sense. And so for me, that was keeping my fierce sense of pur purpose as being this mama to these two beautiful right. boys, right? Yeah. And so at various points, like I would fight to get out of the hospital whenever I physically could. I would fight my doctors, I would fight my nurses to be on time. And I wanted to be at that school pickup every day at three o'clock to pick up my babies and to make a family meal and to get them to activities and to pick up some healthy groceries for them, right? Before I would race back to the hospital to get hooked up to all my medications again for the night. And so that key of being adaptable too is really important. Mm -hmm. But being of service, so, so, so important. Would you like to learn more about how to find new levels of freedom in your life? I've got lots of free resources on my website and even have a free Facebook group where I regularly share the ways I have taken my own life to the next level. To learn more, go to PamelaAubrey.com or find me on Facebook at The PA System. I'd love to hear your story. I think that's a great point because I think it's easy to lose sight in the middle of a crisis, right? I mean, you're just so focused on what can I do next to make things better that it's hard to really think outside of yourself or your experience and think of ways that you might be able to make something better for someone else. So I think that's an incredibly valuable point. I really would like to touch on too, you know, in terms of your support and, and the people that you're working with in the hospitals and, and the support systems around you, what were some of the ways that you were able to, you know, kind of create the type of support system that you needed? Oh my gosh, so I feel so lucky because um, I was admitted to the province's largest hospital here in British Columbia. And I think if I were having a bad day, I would probably just go show up in the downstairs lobby of that hospital because mm -hmm. from the porters to the lunch ladies, to the nurses, to everyone in technology, MRI, CT, everywhere along the chain, all the amazing doctors, like, gosh, they just go above and beyond. And I now have this mm -hmm. whole institution of cheerleaders. So mm -hmm. the heart, the heart on behalf of all of our healthcare heroes, it is phenomenal to witness what mm -hmm. is within those walls. And that was just truly, truly, truly remarkable. And so I felt incredibly well supported every step of the way. Um, mm -hmm. That said, there are zero supports in place, and I mean none, for the families of young, sick parents. Wow. And so if you take, let's say, for example, the Ronald McDonald House or Children's Hospital, all of these supports that exist. Let's say you have a child who is ill at Children's Hospital. There are right. supports in place for the siblings and for the parents and for the family at large as a whole, right? Even through Ronald McDonald House or anything as such. But let's say you have a really sick parent with very young children. There are zero supports in place for these families. Wow. And so it is incredibly costly for finding childcare, for finding resources, psychology resources. They are, at the time, very healthy children, exempt from any services at our children's hospital here. Mm -hmm. And so for myself, being in the hospital on full-time, around the clock, 27, 24 seven chemotherapy regimens, even salvage chemotherapy, right? Like I'm not feeling so hot here, but I have to find right. ways to support my children and to support my then husband, because my husband really could have used somebody, perhaps another young dad, right? Going through mm -hmm. some similar adversities to bounce things off. Oh, tough day for you, tough day for me. How did you get through today day, right? right. Perhaps, and I'm just saying perhaps, if there are more supports in place, 
Sure. Perhaps if there was a daycare at the hospital, perhaps if there were these psycholog psychological resources for my children, art therapy mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, but resources for my children and for my husband at the time to have so that they could also have supports, that would have been invaluable for us because mm -hmm. we are now divorced at yeah. the end of this crazy journey that we've navigated. Six weeks right. after I was six weeks after I was finally out of hospital, after all of that, my husband chose to divorce. And Gosh, like, I mean, that threw so much on our marriage, right? Yeah, um, sure. But had we had those supports in place, I mean, who knows? My children deserved those supports right. to be in place. Yeah. And the reason I fought to go home when I had that two-month terminal prognosis is because the palliative floor and adult care facility is no place for babies, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and that would not have been the most productive or most... Um, um, best environment yeah, for my sure. children had the inevitable unfolded because how they would have thrived in that time would have really determined how they dictated and how they thrived in society as young adults and as adults, right? Sure. And there are no supports. And I'm very mm -hmm. lucky to be here today and to try to serve as an advocate in the ways that I can to, to create these supports in place for the families of young sick parents because I'm incredibly passionate right about yeah. doing so. It's, well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, I think that's really part of the value in what you're doing is that you're raising this awareness that, hey, look, there's this whole segment of society that, you know, if they get sick, the resources aren't there for them. And to help them understand, okay, we're trying to get resources in place. Here's some of what's worked for us. And so, you know, to that point, what were some of those things? And I know you've touched on a few of them still being of service of others, obviously, you know, keeping your focus on what it needs to be on, right? Just outside of, of the cancer or whatever it is itself, yeah. how can you just care for yourself? What are some of the other ways you, you were able to do that? Yeah, I think really important, like I was saying, to fuel your mind and fuel your body. So be a filter, right, for what goes in. And so um, whether it's mm -hmm. social media, whether it's television, like what inputs are you bringing in? Are those inspirational? Are those empowering, yeah. right? What kind of music are you listening to, yeah. right? Um, be that filter. What what are you putting through your body, right? I'm a mm -hmm. big advocate of like my green juice, which I still yeah. have here today, you know? And so <laughs> be focused on how you really are fueling yourself and how you're taking back that power from mm -hmm. cancer or from whenever you're navigating, again, until the moment of now, to the power of now and how you can fuel yourself or make your happiest moment right here, right now. The reframe is also so important, right? Mm -hmm. And so developing that attitude of gratitude for what comes your way and and um, finding those silver linings and choosing to truly, you know, quote unquote, hear the lessons that adversity brings to you. Mm -hmm. And what are those lessons? How can you grow from what this has taught you, right? And so for me, my previous life, I was always so go, 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 go. And um, um, I, I just never took time. We we were truly living the dream. We mm -hmm. had this great huge house at the end of the family cul-de-sac, right? We our right. our home was filled with family, friends, great food, great music. Um, both my husband and I had very successful careers. We had these two beautiful baby boys. I never slowed down long enough to be grateful. I was so appreciative, don't get me wrong, but to be truly sure. in that moment, right? So mm -hmm. just an example, my previous self, like. I would have been go, 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 go with my kids, let's say, and we have a great beach side here in Vancouver. I would have been like, okay, let's walk the seawall. Let's run the seawall. You get two minutes to play here. We'll keep, keep going running and then two more minutes to play at the end. Now I'm like, 
let's just go. My kids love to play at the beach. They love to love build forts all, all day. They can build forts with driftwood. And I cross my little legs and I sit and I watch them frolic at the beach. And I have this calm in my heart yeah. that I never otherwise had. Mm -hmm. So find the reframe, really focus on those silver linings and visualize, right? Visualize your success. Mm -hmm. um, see, feel, and and really experience that success that you feel on the other side. So that was also very important. That is so powerful. And I think one of the things that, you know, and I know this is super important to you, but one of the things that comes up for me, and, and I've had a lot of family members who have been terminally ill, and I've spent a lot of time in the hospitals with them. And I think for them, you know, one of the things was, you know, sure, tapping into resources, you know, keeping your, keeping your attitude of gratitude, right? Doing all those things, that are super positive, but also, you know, allowing yourself, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, allowing yourself to kind of explore your way through what's happening and know that, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to have all the answers that it's okay to be in a place of uncertainty or just to, you know, allow yourself to have the emotions that are going to come up around all of that, around the unknown and, and just realize that, you know what, it's going to be a journey. And so, so we've come to that acceptance on some level. Yeah. I always kind of phrase it as prepare for the worst, yeah. but, ex but always expect the best, mm -hmm. right? Because preparing for the worst, like I would have been quite foolish, right? Had I not written all those heartfelt letters for my babies mm -hmm. in the face of this two months terminal prognosis, right? If I were just like, I'm going to survive, I'm going to survive, I'm going to survive. If right. I hadn't actually prepared those letters and the inevitable occurred, I would have forever regretted that. Sure. But the, the negative emotion and all the tears and all the heartfelt energy that came from that also fueled me forward right. into my success, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And in terms of what you're seeing, in terms of the journey, I think you're right. Like I always phrase it as the way of be open to how you can heal and to all the mm -hmm. healing measures that are around you. So I'll give one example, right? Um, so in this time of having my two-month terminal prognosis, I, um, again, was preparing for the worst and expecting yeah. the best. And um, after my babies were asleep, if my babies were awake, I was 100% by their side. And then if they were asleep, I would be um, multitasking. And so in one hand, I remember sitting cross-legged on our, we had a 55 square foot house, 100 square foot house, and I'd be sitting cross-legged on our big office floor. I was printing off a lot of photos for these scrapbooks that I was making for my kids, and then also reading self-help books. Mm -hmm. And so I have a book in this hand, and I'm reading this book, right? And I have two photos in this hand, in my right hand. So in the left hand, I'm reading this book. It's all about the power of visualizations written by this great mm -hmm. medical doctor. And um, he starts this concept about um, a lot like this future gratitude idea, but seeing, seeing yourself on your future graduation stage of health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're walking across your graduation stage of health. Your cap and gown Not is that. on, right? And right. Um, um, you're, you're, all your family, they're all cheering you on in that audience. And you sink into that feeling of pride. You're, you're receiving your, your diploma, right, as you graduate across that stage of health. And I really sunk into that, Pamela. I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this, right? And I really sunk into it. And then I kind of like, okay, woke up from it a little bit, right? right. And I look over into the photos for my scrapbooking into what I was holding in my right hand. Mm. And I look over, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm holding two photos in this hand. One of when I served my valedictorian address from graduating from chiropractic school. Oh, that just gave me chills. And the second one was 
um, receiving my bachelor's degree in exercise science from the University mm. of British Columbia, both photos, yeah. cap and gown on, what are the chances right. of that, right? And so for me in that moment, still facing this dire two-month terminal prognosis, right. but, but this moment was such a profound moment for me because I was just saw this as such a sign, mm. right? Like this yeah. was just such a forceful sign for me that somewhere someone was saying, you're going to be okay. Hold on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just hold Absolutely. on. And so being open, I think is um, what I like to refer to these moments as mm -hmm. to all these sources of healing. Sure. Right. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, what came to me when you were sharing that was just sort of this idea that our bodies are intended to be well, they're intended to be healthy and they're intended to heal you know, our bodies will support us on that journey. And I think sometimes we forget to, to really honor our bodies, to love our bodies, to send our bodies that good energy, you know, and remind them, thank them for all the good things they do for us, right? But remind like them that we know they're on our side. You're right. And it's like this innate ability that we all have within our own, right. within the powers of the human frame. It's remarkable, right? Yes. But we to do so, we have to be still enough to hear what our body is telling us, yeah. right? And I think that's probably the most profound awakening that I've had on my journey. Mm. So when I was in practice as a thriving sports chiropractor, gosh, like I would start at 5 a.m. and I would leave at 9 p.m. Like yeah. I was fully booked in between, so I started to come early and stay late, right? Like, and it just, I was go, 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 go. And I was actually doing far too much, yeah. right? Giving of myself far too much. And I was given this book on my back then from every, everyone saw that I was doing too much. And there was this um, really great friend on my path who gifted me Dr. Gabor Matei's book, When the Body Says No. Mm. And I was like, thanks. And I put it up on my <laughs> shelf. At the yeah. time, I had recurring disc herniations. I had um, uh, recurring strep throat. Like mm. I was so challenged, right, mm. by just these moments. And I think my body was truly screaming at me in yeah. these moments. But again, I didn't take the time to quote unquote hear mm. the screams from wow. my body. Yeah. Right. I really truly needed these four white walls around me to hear the screams of my body. Mm. And I really advocate for everyone to find that stillness and to find the quiet to hear those screams before their mm. screams, right? So, so don't learn from my mistakes, right? hear like hear them way back here <laughs> yeah because we're not taught this right i mean we're we're taught sort of the opposite which totally. is yeah and just so, keep going you'll be fine okay. you know go to the doctor if you have to yes kind of thing. and it's so 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 important so this book i only came to read when i had my two-month terminal prognosis when i had mm -hmm. already interestingly had a lot of my own personal awakenings of a lot of these writings that were in this book Mm. And then fast forward, I've had all these cool like full circle moments. Fast forward, then I'm invited to speak on this or to serve on this really cool board for, for this women's health um, um, event that we host um, a big conference for, Zilly Women's Health. And I was on this board and um, the director for this board had invited Dr. Gabor Matei, the author of this book, to come and speak at the event. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing that I'm now well enough to be here uh, as a member of this board and to be at this event. And so I mm -hmm. spoke with him after the show and we've just, he and I have just become the best of friends, just sharing stories about, mm -hmm. you know, all these awakenings and um, mm -hmm. it's really, really magical. So, but yeah, when the body says no, hear those screams, right? 
That's yeah. No, I think that's so important. And you know, one of the things that it's interesting, I, I have been watching uh, a show that was really focuses on like near death experiences. And in the show, you know, it was talking about how people were, you know, kind of seeing themselves after they had passed on to the other side. And what kind of struck me was that, you know, a lot of them are saying, you know, all of a sudden I saw my life as this whole instead of seeing it in pieces. And the thing that's striking me is that, you know, that's kind of what happened for you as you went through this experience was that you started to see your life as a whole instead of you're seeing your life as like, you know, an extension of one part of you or, you know, this over here, you're this and over here, you're that. It was all the whole and all of a sudden it had to work together. All the parts and pieces had to work together for you to be healthy again. And so I think that's kind of, you know, for someone who either is going into a crisis or, or is in one or, or knows someone to be able to kind of step back and go, okay, what's the whole big picture here? And even see it from that perspective is so powerful. So I love that you're, you know, you're approaching it from all the different angles. It's not just, okay, how do I heal my body? But how do I help my body, my mind, my spirit to heal itself? Well, and I, I now have a few body parts in here, right? So I breathe through the lungs of another and these lungs breathe life into my every moment. And I have the bone marrow blood of another that fuels every pursuit and every single passion. My blood type even changed from O negative to A positive. And what an amazing score that was on that test, <laughs> yeah. right? So I'm so blessed. But in terms of these near-death experiences that you're talking about, this was also a really profound moment on my journey. And for me, this really came from um, the time that I was having my double lung transplant. And there was, the, the, my my doctors weren't sure if I was even strong enough to um, recover and, and make it through this surgery. Because when they took out one of my compromised lungs, they didn't know if I'd be able to have enough oxygen coming in because my other lung was so compromised, right? Just on the one one lung at that time. Sure. And I think, I think I went somewhere then, you know? I think I really went somewhere. And in this vision that I had had at this point, um, I was on my tummy and um, in behind me was, like in front of me was all this black space. But in behind was this beautiful, warm, white, calling, inviting, peaceful space. And mm -hmm. I kept trying to find my path there. Like I was slowly, I remember slowly bobbing my head all the way over from mm -hmm. one side to the next, really trying to find my way. And I remember literally having this awakening. Oh my gosh, like it's not my time. I have still mm -hmm. so much to do. Wow. But in that moment um, was the moment that I now no longer fear death. I want to live until I'm 120. Um, I'm going to be mummy until my babies have their their own grandchildren. But I yeah. no longer fear death because I and that, gosh, there's just such a comfort and such a peace in yeah. that in how you get to live your life after coming to that moment. So I'm very incredibly blessed. I feel as though I have been chosen to go through this crazy tumultuous mm -hmm. tidal wave and to be pummeled around and around and around to get to come out and to serve in the capacity that I now serve in helping others navigate their own adversities and in speaking mm -hmm. on stages and in, in inspiring audiences to through actionable change to really live their best lives today and to live the legacy that they want to leave today. Wow. 
Wow. Well, I know that you are a bright shining light in the world for so many and such a blessing to have you on. I want to tell people how to get in touch with you so they can learn more. I know your website is risetoday.com. Yes. Where can they find you on social media? I am on Facebook as Erica Harris and as risetoday.com, just rise today. I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and YouTube as Dr. Erica Harris. And I would love to connect with you there. Perfect. And you also have a book out. I know you're writing another one, but you already have one out, which is called The Silver Lining of Cancer. And yeah. where can you find that? Uh, that's on Amazon, any 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 online site. Um, that was a collective book with 13 authors who all shared their silver linings of cancer. It's a really short book, um, meant to really be almost in a waiting room of a doctor's office as a short blip of inspiration um, for anyone who's going through a hard time there as well. Love that. And then you also have a podcast, which is Rise Today Inspirational Podcast, correct? Yes, where we strive to open up the conversation about hardship, share tools to stay the course, and empower others to thrive through adversity. Wonderful. Well, this was such a joy. Your message is so powerful. I know that there's going to be so many more people that are going to be impacted over the years because you've been through what you've been through. And it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it powerful and it makes it does help those who are going through these challenges to have hope that they can come out the other side that there's a way through in the midst of it and just that there is something more to the journey than just the illness and i think that's a really really powerful thing so thank you again so much for being here with me today Ah, oh, it's my pleasure to do so i always say the harder we fall the higher we bounce on the rebound right so oh, love it yes just be your rebound yep yes and to the audience, thank you so much for being here. It's always a joy to have you with us and to share these messages and stories out with you and to hear from you as well. So if you have any questions or comments, please leave them. I know uh, Dr. Erica would be more than happy to follow up with you and provide you any more information that you're looking for. So thank you for being here with us as well and have a wonderful rest of your evening. Rise today, my friends. Thank you for listening today. I know you have many choices for content and I am grateful you chose me. You can always find more of my episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch them when I go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others you wish to encourage and uplift.